0: Okay, welcome everyone to episode seven. I can't believe it's already episode seven of Paths Uncovered, uh, a podcast where we essentially go through the career journeys of different people. Mostly it's been from untraditional pathways into tech, but hey, we're welcomed and like hoping to get around to all different types of people because I just love chatting to people in their careers. So today we've got Kathy Moya joining us and I am super excited for this episode as I always am, just cause I love having these chats. But it's great to actually have a catch-up with you, Kathy, again. So I'll let you introduce yourself. I'll let you do all the honors. Uh,
1: So I'm Kathy Moya. I am a senior program manager at Microsoft, and I work uh, in a customer experience engineering team. So I describe my job as getting my engineers to talk to my customers and my customers to talk to my engineers so we make better products. And the main products I work on are Microsoft Endpoint Manager, which used to be a system center. Configuration Manager, and before that was Systems Management Server, and I, I go back as far as that. And then uh, I also work with uh, Windows for IT, Windows Commercial.
0: Okay, cool. So there's just lots of stuff. But it's also, like, this is kind of what I love, is just the fact that you're like that little bridge between everyone, that little linchpin that makes everything really work, especially in tech, which is what you need to kind of... Mm-hmm. It's really handy having those tech people, but then actually communicating that all across, and it's just making everything work. I love it.
1: Uh, well, helping people understand things better is how I have it on LinkedIn. Yeah, because I I really just love seeing that light bulb go off. And so whether it's, hey, this is the feature we need to build or, hey, this is how you subnet your network, you know, it's that same effect. Perfect.
0: Right. Okay. so but then I do know and this was thrown at me. So for context, right, me and Kathy met in uh,
1: God, years are so hard to remember. 2019 at Ignite, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last in-person Ignite oh god what a memory
0: but we met there I don't got I think we met over dinner and it was just that was literally how everyone meets at Ignite is like random events and um uh, <laughs> literally the sweetest person I've ever met I remember you telling us about like how you and your daughter were going to be going to New York for like a lot of Broadway shows and I never thought much about it I was like oh yeah cool they're into Broadway and then like a couple of weeks ago you dropped the fact that you did like theater studies in college and I'm like mm-hmm. I, no, I didn't, what? Like, I did not connect that two together. So, which is why you're here. And I'm really excited to hear how you went from theater studies and then all the way into managing all these things at Microsoft. But yeah, tell me about how, like, was theater studies kind of just always an interest or where did that start? Or was it just like, yeah, okay, this is what I want to do.
1: Well, I started doing children's theater when I was in, I think, third or fourth grade and I loved it. It was, it was my life. It was everything. I loved all the Broadway musicals. And then um, we had a lot of the arts programs in California got cut in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up because of some legislation that got passed. So we didn't have a lot of budget. And when it came time to move from junior high to high school, they had just started a performing arts magnet school. And I actually was creative and performing arts, so they had more budget to throw into this particular school. And so I was able to go to that school and we actually worked with uh, San Jose Repertory Company, which had just been founded in San Jose, California at that point. And we had instructors come from the theater troupe to teach some of our classes and then i started working backstage on props so i was already doing professional theater while i was in high school and so i thought well of course that's just what i want to do in college but nobody ever sat me down and told me well you know you could study computers because we we got computers my senior year we had apple IIc computers and you know we were there playing with Prodos and turtle and and i loved it and you know i i could or logo you know because we had little sprites and logo um I I thought it was so cool I love doing the programming things but no one ever said well you know you could go study that so I I didn't
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's a really good point like I mean if there is no representation or like a voice shouting about like hey these are the different things you can do how are you ever meant to know and hear about these things like I mean data science wow what a really cool random field but like I never really heard about it until like one random person I think over four years of college mentioned it like in a passing thing or like some presentation, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Don't know what it means, but that's kind of cool. I never thought about it again until I ended up in here, and so I'm like, "It's so important," and I'm so glad that you mentioned that. So, you went to college and did theater studies, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yep, at uh, University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. Uh, like this just I mean all the movies just make it sound so fabulous doesn't it
0: <laughs> I feel like that's how I like, I mean even when I was talking to Victoria last week uh who I think you know um when she was explaining her life about Julia and stuff and I she was just like this sounds like a movie to me like the same thing yes. goes for you I'm like yeah like a school where like you're doing all the stuff outside of school and then you go to
1: college and I'm like yeah this again
0: sounds like a movie to me this is great
1: <laughs> yeah it, it was wonderful and you know, the, the nice thing about being with the magnet program is, you know, we, we had a lot of, you know, the odd artsy kids. And we had a fantastic band. Our marching band won competitions. You know, we, we were great. And, you know, our football team, not so much. But, you know, we had the arts.
0: <laughs> I like that. Um, So you're in college and mm-hmm. it's a three, four year degree, I'm assuming.
1: It's a four-year degree. So um, I, I had actually wanted to apply, or I, I applied for a school where they had a Bachelor of Fine Arts, which is more of a conservatory program. But at UCLA, it's, um, it's just a Bachelor of Arts, not Bachelor of Fine Arts. And okay. so that's just a four-year program. But you still have all of the general ed classes to take. And the UCLA program at that point was very holistic in terms of theater. So, you know, we started the first class the first Monday, 9 a.m and we had uh professor michael hackett talking about the history of theater and you had to take that it was three quarters you know through the year the whole year you were in that and you know for a lot of us who had kind of come from theater is you know neil simon and broadway musicals and here he was presenting a very rich history of theater and talking about the many ways that it's been expressed through the ages you know, totally mind-blowing, fantastic experience, great class. So
0: what came next, right? So, I mean, okay, you've done the degree, you've absolutely loved it, clearly. Um, It was a passion and it made sense. What happened next? Like, I mean, did you go into acting? Like, were you doing plays? What was next for you?
1: Well, like I said, we had to study everything. So I studied playwriting, lighting design, and I had some plays produced. I, I was doing some lighting design and I actually got some professional jobs, but I realized that, If I was doing lighting design, um, I needed to get better at doing it a lot faster because the time it was taking me to put together every light cue, (laughs) you know, I I was going to end up working for, you know, like 10 cents an hour. Um, So I I loved lighting. Um, I definitely had thought about acting, but, you know, I also in high school saw actors living on ketchup and rice, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And I I wanted a little bit more security than that. So I'd actually thought um, along the way, well, I'll I'll get my bachelor's degree and then I'll go back and I'll get a teaching credential and I'll do some kind of teaching theater. Except by the time I finished the bachelor's, I was just done. So I'm faced with the same thing that a lot of people are faced with who don't have a pipeline into something. Uh, So I answered an ad for the California League of Conservation Voters and they are an environmental political action committee and there are actually several groups that advertised in you know the college papers and you know various papers uh, as canvassing organizations so this is getting you know your your street army of people who go out and knock on doors and say hey can i talk to you about the environment and gathering signatures and oh by the way we need money to make this happen so my mom laughs because I couldn't sell Girl Scout cookies door to door, but I was going door to door for the environment. And that was about the time that we had the horrible Exxon Valdez oil spill in the 80s.
0: That is brilliant.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I love the Girl Scout comparison. That's actually just great. It's like oh, unreal. It's just such a mother thing to say as well. Like my mom says things like this to me all the time. Like it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So essentially you're now I canvassing and this is a completely different kind of a turnaround, but... This, I mean it sounds great though to be honest like it sounds like a really fun job to have like and I've, I I did something similar where I was working with like um, Amnesty and Oxfam and stuff and I'd, this was kind of where my family had moved to Australia and I'd come here for the holidays but I didn't know anyone here and I was just like okay cool I'm here for like three months <laughs> what do I do and I would just volunteer at like the local offices and stuff and I'd like just go in and like sort through their papers and stuff and do a bunch of things on like the computer like I mean setting up their Excel stuff oh god what a memories. But like, it's just always just so fun, like doing those little things. So how how long did you end up doing that? Like, what was the experience?
1: Where did you go next? So I was in the field for a year or two. And then um, they had a big political initiative in California where uh, we can do signature gathering to get ballots in front of or get things on the ballot in front of the voters. And they asked me to handle the signature gathering for that. And so that was an entirely different experience. And I I was a little bit burned out after that, but it turned out that the office manager was leaving and I realized that I could move into that office manager position. And that was where the tech really started to kick in. Now I'd found the tech in college because there is tech in everything. I don't care if you're doing fashion or theater or music, there is tech in there. And yeah. I, so I was good at that. You know, I was writing my plays on a WordStar and WordPerfect 2.0 or 1.0. Um, but now as the office manager, I had to work with Lotus 1, 2, 3 for DOS, which was a forerunner to Excel for mm-hmm. DOS. But I taught myself DOS as I was there trying to learn the computer systems. So I, I had a boyfriend who I think taught me the CD command change directory and the dir command. So it would show what was in each directory. And then i started saying well what happens if i type this because i knew if i typed the lotus one two three it started that app but then i was learning about all of the other types of files that were in there and it it just made sense and then in lotus one two three i was learning how to code macros because i was really good at the logic of okay well it's doing this and then i need an if here and you know i need to branch off of this and i loved it that
0: sounds amazing and I love it was such a natural progression and honestly it's something I've noticed even in the last couple of episodes where music and um like specifically I was gonna say other things and I'm like no it's actually specifically really music like people in music careers or doing music studying music technology is such a big part that like you just kind of get into it and then just spirals into something completely different from just doing music and it's kind of the same thing like I mean technology is just everywhere now like I get it, it might have been a le- little bit less at that stage but now it's just I'm sorry I don't understand how I can function a day without like some kind of technology in my hand <laughs> it is crazy and a little bit terrifying that I couldn't make it through like an eight hour like power shit down here and I'm like nah this is not my life anymore <laughs> but that is the world we live in and it's so cool that like you just kind of adapt it to it you're like all right let's go this is kind of fun let me just make the most of it and you just kind of kept going.
1: Yeah, it's it's why I have kind of a beef about the the idea of women in tech because yeah. anybody working professionally right now is in tech. I don't care what industry you're in, you better be finding the tech and doing it there.
0: I mean, it's like it's impossible to not do it, right? Like if you're looking it at emails, be. you're doing tech.
1: <laughs> yeah, well and and so are you just are you just doing the email or are you really using all of the features of your email? And, exactly. and how are you you escalating that and using it to make yourself more efficient are you using power apps or um, power bi to make your work better and faster and more accessible to everybody in your org
0: I love that that yes so much more to it than I think people even realize and they're like yeah but I'm already doing that and I'm like yes exactly that's my point <laughs> so you're in the office job now and you're learning all these different techs of. Um, you're leveraging even more of it just kind of seeing what else you can do the curiosity is kind of hitting in so what came next like as in did you continue in the uh, office manager role for a long time or
1: no I was only in it for maybe a year or so and uh, yep. I met a guy um, and he was actually I think the one who who you know was telling me about the DOS stuff but he was moving from LA to the Bay Area because he worked in computers and he had a job up there and um, I was from the Bay Area, and so I just decided, yeah, I'm going to move back to the Bay Area. And then it's like, well, what am I going to do back in the Bay Area? So I went and registered at the temp agencies. And they had, you know, they had the, the tests and things, all the technology stuff. And of course, I'm acing all of those, and I can type really fast. Thank you, Mom, for making me take that typing course in high school. <laughs> summer school, Make a difference. <laughs> yeah, I still thank her to this day. So, so I had marketable skills in the temp industry and they found out pretty quickly they could send me on anything related to any computer stuff and I would just figure it out. But one day they sent me to a Coca-Cola bottling plant and they had me sitting in a conference room with a 10 key calculator. And I was adding up page after page of numbers from like these driver reports. And then I would take my totals into a guy who was putting those into a Lotus 123 spreadsheet. And I said, No, 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 no. You need to build a spreadsheet and just be adding all the numbers up in here. And they said, Well, we don't know how to do this. Somebody else built us this spreadsheet. And so I told my agency, I'm not going back to sit in a conference room with a calculator. If they want me to build a spreadsheet, I will go back and I will build them a spreadsheet. And they wanted me to come back and build them a spreadsheet. So that was my first, you know, like really good, you know, kind of and they gave me more money for it. So I did, you know, that that contract. And then um, there was another company that that really needed someone to help with their IT stuff that was, you know, kind of nearby. And I, I can I think it was maybe through the agency that I got that. And so I became their desktop IT support person. Even though I didn't know much about it. <laughs> I love that though.
0: Like I said, I'm like, I can do this. Let's make it work. It's essentially kind of what happens.
1: Well, and I still remember at one point very early on, they said, okay, this guy's printer isn't working. And it's like, well, okay, this printer is working. This printer is not working. What's the difference between the computer with the printer working and not? And so that was just logic and that was troubleshooting and I could do it.
0: I love that you break it down into such little bits of like, that's essentially what it is. Like, I mean, it's very basic of this does, this doesn't, this does, end of story.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so you keep swapping out things till you get something that works. Exactly. And I mean, it's
0: the same principle we live by, like as in, I live by and work by in terms of when I'm coding or doing some kind of solution building in like Python or R or whatever language I'm using, where it's like, let me try this thing I found and let's see if it works and if it doesn't, we'll see where it goes.
1: <laughs> Although that was the early 90s, and we didn't have the internet uh, publicly available at that point that's a very good differentiating
0: point let's be real I don't know what I would be like <laughs> without a google like the other day I swear um I just hadn't coded in so long that like really basic stuff like literally just reading something in I think I would missed like a, like a specific like comma or something somewhere and I was just like why is this not working like I'm surely able to read a file in like this is not something I can't do um but hey google helped out where it literally all just pointed out was I was missing a column but look We'll move on from those <laughs> things. <laughs> so you're doing all these kind of ad hoc jobs at the moment. And did that continue mm-hmm. on? Like, it was just kind of whatever different type of things came up? Because that's great. Like, it's kind of consulting, right? You're learning all these different things. But how
1: did that kind of keep going? So the boyfriend got me a job at a company called 3Com, which used to be a major player in networking. I, I think they're still around, but I don't know what's happening with them. They, they used to be a major network adapter company. And so I was working in their IT department and then um, that, uh, the training company that they were hiring called ExecuTrain. And I really loved training, I, that helping people understand things better. I had actually organized a couple of training courses in Lotus 123 back at the company where I was doing the IT support. And I thought, well, yeah, I would love to train people in, in how to use computer stuff. So uh, I got an interview there, got a job. They, they gave me a train the trainer course which I took to very easily with all my theater background. And uh, I started doing, you know, five shows a week, teaching people how to use, yeah. well, you know, Word, PowerPoint, et cetera, but also WordPerfect, Harvard Graphics, Lotus 1-2-3, <laughs> you know, this is the, 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 that generation of moving into the Windows era. And then they sent me to Novell School so that I could get my certified yeah. Novell administrator and then I could teach their Novell curriculum, so that was my first experience with networking. And then after we parted ways, um, I went back to the school where I had done my my Novell training, and they were hiring for Microsoft trainers. And so I did just a little, you know, kind of a, a sample teaching lesson on the Novell side to show them mm-hmm. what I could do, and they decided yes, they were going to hire me, and they had me attend the Microsoft class and then i had to take the you had to attend it you had to take the test and then you could teach it so we had a a vendor trainer who would come in and do it and then he ended up working for microsoft so i don't feel too bad about you know putting him out of work there but I, i would learn it i would then i would turn around and i would start teaching it so i learned all of the microsoft curriculum and i started to get to know some people at microsoft because now we had the internet we had bulletin boards on nntp news groups and and we could talk to other trainers and and i met the guy who was very instrumental in the product that I ended up training the most, which was systems management server at the time.
0: And I think something that's just really jumped out and continues to jump out at me is the networking part of it, right? Like it almost like, I mean, things happen because you were like talking to different people, like even the office manager, we're like, well, that's happening, so let me do this. Moving from different place to place, and like I mean my point there is right I mean it's so easy to do those kind of things today like LinkedIn and meetup groups and god there's like a hundred million different ways you can do that on a daily basis and people still don't leverage that enough I think but it's so good to hear that like I mean even when the like the opportunities to do it were quite limited back then in terms of the ways you could do it I'm not saying that networking was limited but it's just the ways you could do it were a lot more limited to like say just your locality and stuff before obviously the bulletin boards came in but like It's so important and i really hope like if people are listening like networking makes such a difference please make it make the effort like it's so worth it and you can kind of hear it almost every person's life like some kind of connection came back and helped and it's the exact same thing right like you've built all these Mm -hmm. connections at microsoft and was that next like was the next
1: move going into microsoft full-time well actually it was was a contract at microsoft first yeah so um there is a guy who is legendary in the sms world wally mead And he had written the courses that I had been teaching for years. And then we were getting ready for a new version of Systems Management Server. And they asked him, who could you work with among the current crop of trainers? And my name was at the top of the list. And I think part of the reason it was there was because there was a a fact, a frequently asked questions that I kept about the course so that when people came into the news group, they didn't keep asking the same question over and over. Or if they did ask the same question, Wally didn't have to keep answering the same question over and over. It's like, look in the fact number 12. That one, 18. And I, and I kept the fact up to date. And um, you know, they knew that if, if Wally liked me, that you know, we, we would work well together. And so I got a contract, but then the product slipped And so they said, Hey, you know, we're going to cancel the contract, but we like you, would you like to come interview for a full-time job? And at first I said, no, (laughs) because I said, it's not a good time to move out of California. Now I'd, I'd had my daughter, um, in the year 2000, September of 2000. And so she was about a year old and I love training, but training is a very difficult job to do when you're a parent. You know, you you have a class schedule that you need to stick to because there are students There's There's not flexibility, Uh, you know, even trying to get my, you know, my OBGYN visits in (laughs) while I was training was often very complicated because, you know, it's a week long class. You can't just take like two hours out of a day to go see an OBGYN. So um, I, I was at the point where I wasn't sure if I could continue training when this contract came along. So I said, great, you know, let's let's do the contract. And then I started to think, well, okay, you know, if I did interview for this, it it may give me a little bit more flexibility. So I interviewed, they offered me the job, although I wasn't working on SMS anymore. Now I was working on security courseware. And I said, I know nothing about security. They said, that's okay, we'll teach you. And they did. And so I learned a lot about security and I was in as a full-time employee at Microsoft writing courseware. It's
0: all like, I don't think there's I mean honestly if you're in an interview and you hear don't worry about it we'll teach you I'm like take the job that is like the biggest green flag you can <laughs> yes. see about a job at this time like take it like yes. don't even look back <laughs> like it makes such a difference that they're like yeah, yeah yeah we got you like we're gonna take the leap we'll figure it out god I love that because that's essentially what happened to me and I'm like I will always support that kind of a behavior I'm like, yes all yes. about this um oh okay amazing and I love that you mentioned kind of And this is the thing, right, people tend to forget, I think Donna Sarkar mentioned this before, she's like, there's people building this tech, like there is lives behind tech, I know we're building it for other people, but there's also people behind the people, God, I said people about a billion times in that sentence, but we kind of get the gist of it, right, And it's like that whole humans of IT movement came along from there. And it's so important to make like mention those kind of things like every career decision isn't based on oh my god this is a good opportunity it's a better pay it's a better location or whatever else there's real life consequences to things like you can't manage to do nine to five constant teaching when you've got kids and like you have to deal with that. Yeah. So you're now yeah. moved to Redmond right like
1: so that's what happened. Yes. Yeah, Microsoft relocated me. They packed every stick of furniture, every dish. I didn't have to do a thing. They gave us a great relocation with temporary housing. I'm going, this is awesome, I love this company. And, uh, and my husband uh, moved up as the stay-at-home dad and he, he did that for several years. So I always really need to give him a shout out for being a guy who was, who was willing to do that. Because it's, it's, you know, th- as much discrimination as women get in the workplace, men get that when they take on primary caregiving roles that is
0: very true i mean i've seen it in places you're like good god the double standards but yes um, like that's another rabbit hole that we could dive in and just talk for hours on realistically <laughs> let's be real double standards everywhere but yeah. um so you're doing courseware in security and you're kind of just learning security as you go so that just keep going from there like how what was what was happening in the microsoft world? because i know you've been there a while now
1: Uh, Yeah, I've been there 19 years, so, you know, just, you know, my first year working on some really cool stuff, but then um, they were going to reorganize the team with um, the training and certification group and the Microsoft press group. And they said, well, you know, you should really kind of look around and have a backup plan because we may not be keeping everybody after this this reorg. And it turned out that I, I had met the people on the SMS doc team when i first was doing the contract because you know there, there was going to need to be a lot of back and forth with the doc team and then i saw a job come open on the doc team and really you know when i said no to the job initially i said but what i really want to do is is work on the doc team and they said well get your foot in the door get in here and then you can always move to the doc team and that was exactly what happened so i, I already knew people there it was a very easy interview loop um i love them they loved me and i was i was in the team and i loved that team uh we had brad anderson who was newly over from Novell, at the helm and he ran a really good org uh already doing diversity inclusion this was back in like 2003 you know decades ago it it was really important to him way back then and i and i loved it oh that is
0: I don't. I mean, that's a hallmark of a good team, especially if the team leader is like leading the right way and stuff. Like, it makes such a big difference, really, at the end of the day. It's just it's it's so interesting. I think, and there's been there's been people that have had like really kind of um, right angle shifts, like where it's like I did X and then like pivoted completely, like in one eighty degree into like I don't know why. Like, I mean, I knew someone who was working as like Kim, who worked as a sailing manager at a sailing club. and then went to twitter next and i'm like this makes no sense like where is this going <laughs> and it was a great conversation but i think at the same time this conversation's like this where it was like a very natural progression into different things right i mean so it was so clear i'm like it just worked i mean from the voting stuff and the office managing stuff it just spiraled into more and more things and you found different things you got passionate for and just kind of went like the doc team, like where I was like, I really want to try this other thing. Let me go do it. And it's, I love how like fluid that, and organic that progression has
1: been essentially, where it's just been like, things
0: just make sense at the right time at the right place.
1: Mm-hmm. And I ended up writing security documentation for SMS. Well, what, was it, what ended up being System Center Configuration Manager 2007. All the security doc, which I think is still up there somewhere. I wrote.
0: That's pretty cool. I love um, just kind of those kind of things. i like, I did that. It's it's there, and people have used it. Yeah. So, what are you doing now? Like, do you want to go a little into exactly what's <laughs> happening now? I know you touched on it a little bit, but like, kind of what your work
1: is like today. Well, just for for a little bit of context, with you know, even yeah. right angle shifts within Microsoft, because Microsoft is really a lot of little companies, you know, doing their thing. So, I went to the hardware group for two or three years. So, you know, if, if you opened a box of Microsoft product to take out a mouse or a keyboard, there's that little piece of paper that you throw away, yeah. that was mine. That was the one job I've had at Microsoft where I could actually like put it up on the refrigerator and show my mother, I did this. Oh my god, the thing you threw away. Like, yeah. Well, nobody ever reads it, but somebody, you know.
0: <laughs> Everyone knows exactly what that is, though. It's like, yep, I know that
1: yeah plus the little manual that says do not let your children and pets chew on the cords yes it actually says that there somewhere which we have to ship legally um you know so that that was i i just i burned out i really needed a break so i went to something very different and you know learned a lot there and then from there i moved to internet of things which back then was called windows embedded and we had a product in windows embedded that worked on system center configuration manager and eventually they said, why are we doing it in the embedded group? Why aren't we doing this in the configuration manager group? And so they brought it in, so I was home again. I had, I had been reorged, and, and I just felt like Dorothy, like there's no place like home. You know, I was back in Brad Anderson's org. I loved the, the team. I loved the product and it was great. And I was, I was in as a PM now, not as, uh, as a writer. So I was a future PM for a while. And then when, uh, and Wally Mead was there managing the MVPs But when he left Microsoft, they said, well, hey, could you just babysit the MVPs until we figure out who's gonna run them? And I said, I'll run them. I love the MVPs. (laughs) So I started doing that. And then I started doing our user voice and they finally said, hey, this isn't really feature work. And we have this customer experience engineering team over here, we think it would fit better there. And I said, yeah, when they started that team, I actually said, I think my stuff would be better over here. But it just kind of took them a while to catch up. And so that's that's where I've been. So we have this fantastic org, which is all about helping customers use the product better.
0: Oh, uh, honestly, what a better, like, there is no better place to be than, like, actually making that change. <laughs> Genuine, it makes me so happy. You're, like, I did this, and every single person who ever bought this, which is, like, millions and millions, saw that little piece. I'm, like, obsessed. Like, that is just gold, honestly, for one day.
1: <laughs> yeah. D- it, it was awesome. And, and just, you know, th- the design thinking, which is different than theater, because yeah. in theater, you know, you kind of have the one vision that everybody is, is you know, kind of collaborating in. It, it was just a little bit different, you know, coming around this because you have you have engineering requirements and. Um, and things like the unboxing. I'd never thought about unboxing products until I got this job, but then part of my job was owning the unboxing experience. So I literally sat in people's living rooms and there's that ma- mouse that bends, the Arc Touch mouse. Yeah. I watched people open prototype boxes of that so that we could get it right. I mean, I've literally got it sitting right here.
0: <laughs> <gasps> Do <It's> you? great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Is that... That's my mouse. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. <laughs> Yeah, It's like, that's my mouse. (laughs) Along with, you know, dozens of other... I was helping somebody move this week, last weekend, and he actually had the Microsoft Touch mouse, which was the gesture mouse. Yeah. I worked on that one too. It's
0: like, that's my little baby. I love it. (laughs) Oh, that is brilliant. Oh, Kathy i think we might wrap it up there i yeah. like i don't know how long we've been chatting and i've like as always like i mean for, like every guest i have i like i could talk for literally hours but we will put the others through that and we can just take our own conversations offline but i'm so so thankful for you to come on and chat us through everything that's been happening and how everything worked for you and i'm just oh uh, like you're one of my favorite people to talk to so like thank you <laughs>
1: Thank you Well, and i love that you're doing this podcast i think it is great and we just need to get the word out especially to young people to say hey there are so many ways in here don't be discouraged you know because some people love coding and and if you love coding please go code but if you don't love coding do what you love and find the tech in it and do that
0: that is oh my god the best advice you could literally leave off and especially like and i look at this in terms of i mean my own career is just like it's why the spark, right i mean mine is just I never expected to be doing this but I look at my sister who's in college right now and I'm just like god child stop worrying like you'll be fine it does not matter at all like you will find your way it doesn't matter what you ended up studying like it'll be fine it'll sort itself out and such a good example of like so many people figuring it out it doesn't matter when but yeah no it's a great point to leave this on Uh, as we'll wrap it up there thank you so much and we shall see you all again in two weeks time so that was Kathy Moya sharing her career experiences from theater to canvassing and training people in new tech to actually becoming a program manager and leading multiple different teams with consumer experience kind of at the forefront. I hope that there were some key takeaways from this episode ranging from kind of networking to not worrying about specific coding jobs you want. There is a space for you in tech. You can make it to be whatever you want it to be. I can't really believe we've had seven episodes already and I'm blown away by people listening and reaching out and commenting and sharing on socials. So thank you for the support
1: and we'll see you again in two weeks time with another episode.